0: Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service.
1: Hey everyone, uh, my name is Sophie and I'm going to be reading for us today. The passage is Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 20. Mark 1, beginning at verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. And the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee... Proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Thank you, Sophie. Evening, everyone. My name is Ron. It's great to be with you tonight, Uh, great to see many of you here in the room and uh, also great to have many of you joining us uh, in your own home as well as we start this series on the book of Mark. I find that reading that Sophie just read to us astounding. As the start of a gospel or the start of a story, uh, it's just astounding. Think about it for a moment. We travel over 800 years... In just a handful of verses, in those handful of verses Jesus appears out of nowhere and asks people to follow him and then to make it even crazier, these fishermen follow him without it seems even stopping to consider what it is that they're doing. They drop their nets, they follow Jesus. They, it seems like they haven't even thought about it. And for them, fishing is their way of life. Fishing is their security. Fishing is what's going to provide them with a future. Yet they drop their nets. They follow Jesus. It's astounding. It's confronting. What would it take for you to do what they did? Would you do what they did but when we stand back we can start to understand what might have been going on let me help you understand it's a little bit like the first time you see a wordle puzzle for those of you who have never seen this puzzle before you're just looking at colored squares and going what on earth is that but for those of you in the know who have entered into the world of wordle that image has significance you can understand something about it. In a similar way, these first disciples understood something that we might not see when they first heard and encountered Jesus. These fishermen were very aware of God's story and living as first century Jews, which they were, they understood God's big story. And they were anticipating the next part of God's story. So when Jesus says in verse 15, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. These fishermen is prick up. They understand something. There's meaning loaded in these words for them. And it results in astounding action. They drop their nets. They follow Jesus. As we kick off 2022 with our focus, as Chris said, on lifelong discipleship of Jesus, these words don't just have significance to disciples back then. And they don't just inform how disciples lived back then. These words of Jesus in verse 15 have significance for us today. They inform us what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus today, as a lifelong disciple of Jesus. So let's consider these words of Jesus. The time has come, he says. But what time is it? It's the time. It's the anticipated time. Imagine for a moment you were planning a big overseas trip. Remember when you could do that? Imagine that you planned a big overseas trip and the time had come for you to go through those departure gates at Sydney Airport. It's not any time. It's the time. It's no point waiting out in the airport car park at this point in time. You'll miss the departure time. The time that Mark is talking about here, the time that Jesus is talking about, is the time that's been anticipated for hundreds of years. Mark quotes Isaiah. In fact, he quotes Isaiah and Malachi and Exodus. He's quoting writings from hundreds, thousands of years before him. And he quotes particularly Isaiah in verse 2 and 3. And in it he paints a picture And the picture that he paints is of a time so monumental, a time for Isaiah that's ahead of him, that's so monumental that someone will have to prepare the way. A time that someone needs to prepare the way for because of its significance. A time when God will return to earth, when God will bring his kingdom back to earth. And so this messenger, this one who's been spoken about for thousands of years, who will prepare the way, turns out to be John the Baptist. He appears in the wilderness preaching, preaching about repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Repentance is about uh, demonstrating that you want to live a different life, a life with God. And forgiveness is... Forgiveness of sins was about uh, how the nation of Israel would be restored to all that God had promised it would be. And people responded to John's message. People responded to John preparing the way. It's like there was a revival happening, a real spiritual hunger amongst the people. We're told that the whole Judean countryside and all the people... Of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. The people were hungry for this great restoration that God had been promising for some time. And John was preparing people for that time. You know, it's kind of like one of those where were you when times. For those of you old enough to remember, where were you when the plane struck the towers on 9-11? Or let me try another one that maybe you are all around for. Where were you when Ash Barty won the Australian Open? Oh wow, I really expected more excitement on that. <laughs> okay, if you don't know where you were, you were probably asleep last night. Uh, It's a significant time, but this time is even greater and should generate, and amongst you will generate, more excitement than Ash winning the Australian Open. The question here is, where were you, for these first disciples, where were you when God's kingdom returned to earth? Jesus says, the time has come. God's kingdom has arrived. It's still that time. The pain and trouble that we experience in our world doesn't change that it's that time. The time has come. God's kingdom has come near. God's kingdom has come near. Now, we think more in terms of democracies than kingdoms. We think about society in a way where everyone gets a say and everyone has a vote and everyone has a voice and that's fantastic. I love living in a democracy. But kingdoms are a little bit different. The first disciples understood kingdom. They understood it from their own history, the history of the nation of Israel, and they understood it from the history of nations around them who were also kingdoms. God's kingdom Had great significance to them. And more than just being about uh, an individual thing, it was about a corporate thing, about something for their nation, that God would come and bring up and build a people, a new community. And it wasn't about being, kingdoms aren't where you can just kind of pick and choose and go, I'll take this bit, but not that. In a kingdom, you follow the king. Now, God had established his kingdom at the moment of creation. He, God, lived with his people and his people lived under his rule. They lived in the beautiful place that God had made for them. But that kingdom was spoilt when humans turned against God. They stopped living under God's rule and everything was ruined. Human's relationship with God, ruined. Human's relationships with each other, ruined. Human's relationship with the created world in which we live, ruined. The story of Israel, what we read in our Old Testament, is the story of the kingdom of God. It has highs, It probably has more lows. It never reaches its potential. And it ends with God leaving his earthly dwelling place and the people going into exile scattered around the other nations. And the only hope that any of them have is that God will be faithful to his promise to come back to earth, to re-establish his kingdom, to provide forgiveness of sins. So when Jesus says the kingdom of God has come near, these disciples are jumping up more than even I jumped up last night when Ashwan. They are so excited at what is taking place in their day, on their watch God is returning his kingdom rule on earth. His kingdom is in, within grasp. A new way of life is on offer. But as I said, kingdom isn't democracy. You can't just pick and choose. You have a ruler, Jesus. You follow your ruler. You submit to him. We listen to and do what our ruler says. And this is really what Jesus means when he says, repent and believe the good news. Good news. It's hard to find good news. If you ever open your news feed, it seems like bad news is what's there to be seen. And especially it seems when it comes to Christianity. It seems often, if we read the news, that Christianity is more bad news than good news. We, Christians, can be often accused of acting unlike our king. Throughout history, it's fair to say that Christians have both been good news and bad news to the world around them. In his book, Bullies and Saints, John Dixon describes it this way. For every Cyril of Alexandria, who was the bishop when Hypatia, a female Greek philosopher, was murdered, for every one of them, there's a Basil of Caesarea. Basil established the first hospital. For every Christian warlord, hacking their way through pagan Europe, there was a humble preacher standing in his way, preferring to die than to kill. Rather than be discouraged that Christians can be bad news, or rather than hiding under our shell in case we become bad news, we can step into the reality that Christianity is good news for people. When we, Christians, drop our nets, Nets of power, nets of pride, nets of the endless pursuit of pleasure. When we drop our nets to be transformed by Jesus, the kingdom of God is real and tangible good news. The kingdom of God is good news for a variety of reasons, a number of reasons. Let me go through some. It's good news because it's the arrival of God as king on earth. You know, the astounding thing about Mark chapter 1 isn't the way that the disciples respond, as astounding as it is. You know what's more astounding about this story? What's more astounding is that in Jesus, God is walking on earth. No wonder the disciples dropped their nets. What else would you do? if God was walking on earth and saying, come, follow me. The kingdom of God is good news because the kingdom of God is about justice and mercy. As we follow Jesus through the book of Mark, we will see time and again how Jesus is concerned to bring justice and mercy. God's kingdom is concerned deeply with human plight. God's kingdom values people differently than earthly kingdoms. The kingdom of God is good news because the kingdom of God is about tending for, looking after, caring for the creation that God has made. Again, as we go through the book of Mark, we will see Jesus encountering God's creation and often bringing peace where there's chaos. The kingdom of God is good news because it's restoring everything back under the authority of God. The kingdom of of God is good news when we live in and proclaim reconciliation between God and humanity. Nothing is better, nothing is better than being a recipient of God's mercy. There is no better news than that you can be lavished by the love of God. The kingdom of God is good news. Yet good news kept at arm's length is really not good news at all. And that's why Jesus says to people, repent and believe the good news. This is how he invites people in to experience this good news. As Jesus continues and starts his ministry, he goes for a while and he sees Simon and Andrew. And seeing Simon and Andrew, he calls Simon and Andrew. And hearing that the kingdom of God is near, they repent and believe. At once, they drop their nets. They follow Jesus. Jesus goes a bit further and he sees James and John. And having seen James and John, he calls James and John. And James and John, hearing that the kingdom of God is near, they repent and they believe the good news. Without delay, we're told, they drop their nets. They follow Jesus. Repentance and belief is more than taking something up. Repentance and belief is leaving something behind. Repentance and belief is the way that you enter the kingdom and repentance and belief is the way that you live in the kingdom. In fact, repentance and belief is the motto of the lifelong disciple of Jesus. If you're a disciple of Jesus and you're not on about repentance and belief, you will not be a lifelong disciple. Day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, decade by decade, the lifelong disciple needs to continue to repent and believe in Jesus. Repentance and belief is the motto of lifelong discipleship. Repentance and belief is not just saying a prayer. Repentance and belief is about daily submission to the king, willingly allowing him to transform our lives. Disciples drop their nets of autonomy. They seek to be like their king. Repentance and belief is more than just turning up to church every week. Well, That's a good thing to do. Repentance and belief is being embedded in a kingdom community. Disciples drop their nets of consumerism. With radical commitment, disciples embody the kingdom. Repentance and belief is more than just words. Repentance and belief is bringing the fullest expression of God's love in word and deed at every opportunity that presents itself to us. Disciples drop their nets of convenience and live with outrageous love. Repentance and belief is not just changing what you believe, Repentance and belief is changing how you live. Disciples drop their nets of self centeredness They serve with humble generosity. Like every disciple after them, these four disciples have more to discover. And as we go through the book of Mark, we will see that they will discover more about their king And they will discover more about the kingdom. And they will discover more about what it means to be a disciple. And these disciples will discover that they have other nets that they need to drop along the way. They are just now starting a journey of lifelong discipleship. And it won't be easy. And we will see them on some good days. And we will see them in all their vulnerability on some really challenging days. But on every day, the one who saw them and the one who called them is totally for them. He will never leave them or forsake them. In all their weaknesses, in all their ignorances, in all their mistakes, in all their folly, he will stay committed to them. They will always be his disciples. He will use them, in spite of all that, to bring good news to people everywhere. Well, what about you? Jesus sees you. Jesus calls you. Have you dropped your nets to follow Jesus? Are you dropping your nets and following Jesus? Are you dropping your nets of comfort to bring mercy? Are you dropping your nets of ideology to bring inclusion? Are you dropping your nets of ambition to serve? Are you dropping your nets of pride to experience forgiveness? Are you dropping your nets of hostility to make peace with others? Are you dropping your nets of self to be Jesus' disciple. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You might feel like you're not up to the task of discipleship. Jesus doesn't say you have to have it all together. He says, drop your nets and follow me. The time has come, Jesus says. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Drop your nets. Follow Jesus. Let me pray. Lord God, thank you that in Jesus you returned your kingdom to earth. Thank you that it is good news. Good news for us, good news for the world. Lord God, help us to be lifelong disciples. Strengthen us to do that. May we be a people who constantly repent and believe, who drop our nets and follow you. And in doing that, may your good news go out to the people around us and to the edges of the earth. For your glory we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hill's 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmatt's.org.au, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.